Welcome into the Paul Farrington Show, the Week 18 preview show. Final week of the regular season. Yeah, clap it up there. We made it the full season. It is a grind, but here we are with one week left. Paul joined by Robert Ziggy Ziegler, back home in California, and Zach Bloomquist, the best executive producer in the game. He'll have a camera on him soon. We had some technical difficulties for a few weeks here, and are just we would rather do the show and not have to worry about freezing up and things like that. But we'll get a camera back on Zach soon because we know everyone is dying to see him. Please remember to like. They're dying to see his biceps. <laughs> and they want to see his biceps. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Union Zach, he's working cement. Zach's been lifting heavy weights Concrete. most days. Um, Concrete. Sorry. It's easy there. All right. Sorry. Same thing to me. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. We finally had our first 20,000 and first 30,000 viewed video this week with the Packers Vikings reaction. Now, I wish it was under better circumstances, but we appreciate everyone most of whom were Packers fans, a few disgruntled Vikings fans like ourselves, who checked out the reaction to the Vikings getting their asses whooped by the Packers on New Year's Eve. But that video went over 30,000. It was really fun watching the the views climb higher and higher and higher, just thinking back to when we were doing the show earlier and we'd have you know 11 views on a full episode, something like that. It's uh, pretty amazing to see how far it could take off pretty quickly. So we thank everyone who's been watching. And Ziggy, I thought you'd find this enjoyable here. So the national championship is set in college football. We'll get to the NFL in just a second. Washington and Michigan. And we were all on Washington on this show. We're all in my basement watching watching the Washington game. And everyone knows, if you've been following us for a while, the stories of Mike Rotundo, our good friend Mike, who's a huge jinx. You know, there are some unbelievable stories of Michael. Texas had a 95% chance to beat Miami in the NCAA tournament this last season. Mike says it's over. Miami doesn't miss a shot the rest of the game. Villanova's up 12 against Houston a few years ago in the final in the Elite Eight. Mike goes, this team is national championship bound. Justin Moore immediately tears his Achilles, and Nova allows a 10-0 run. Like, crazy things happen as soon as Michael says, it's over. So, with what, what was Washington up? 13, I believe, with four minutes left in the game, yeah. five minutes left in the game. Mike stands up. Me and Jack are down there, and he goes, well... You won your bet. I won my bet. Jack won his bet. Barring a miracle, this is over. High fives, everyone, and leaves. And I look at Jack and go, oh, my God. You know what's coming, right? Texas, immediately down the field for a touchdown. And here's where we're going, okay, we, we should survive the jinx. Because all Washington has to do, run the clock down to 15 seconds, we're home free. And there's the miracle. When Washington's running back gets hurt, stops the clock, for, for Texas, who had no timeouts left. And next thing you know, Texas is on the 12-yard line, first down, with four chances to win the game. And I don't know what forces were on our side, but somehow we walked away winners. And I just looked, I texted Mike in the chat. I said, you can't speak ever in these games. Like, like you, I was a little more vulgar in the chat, but it was just unbelievable watching yet another jinx almost come to fruition. Uh, I thought you'd enjoy that, though, because it was a sweat in the Farrington basement. You know, I uh, my family also has a well-known jinx. And right when Washington scored, <laughs> he gets up and walks and says, you know, it's like 9 p.m. because we're on Pacific time. I'm going to bed. Look forward to a big Washington victory in the morning. And my cousin who was visiting and I, we looked at each other and had exactly the same moment. <laughs> so somehow, like this, this is how you know this Washington team is winning the national championship. They have overcome two powerful jinxes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, maybe Penix should just go first overall because of that. Hey, I'd love to see Penix in a Viking jersey next season. He looks good in purple, doesn't he? <laughs> I mean, look. I want any new quarterback that Kirk Cousins can raise on the Vikings. It'll be a fun offseason with, with Caleb, May, Daniels, Penix, all these guys. We're looking forward to that. But does it get any better than this right now? There's just a different feeling in the air in late season, late regular season football. The games, every play means a little bit more. It gets colder outside. This has really felt like playoff football over the past few weeks. And right now, you said it earlier, Ziggy, an NFL record, 20 teams have playoff implications this week. Just run through real quick before we get into the more in-depth game breakdowns here. Vikings-Lions, Lions win at two seeds possible. The Vikings win and the playoffs are possible with help from Minnesota. Bears-Packers, Packers win and they're in the playoffs. Eagles-Giants and Cowboys-Commanders, obviously NFC East division implications there. 
Seahawks Cardinals. Seahawks need a win and a Packer loss to get the the Seahawks into the playoffs. Bucks Panthers, easy for Tampa Bay. You win and you're in. Falcons Saints. If the Panthers find a way to upset the Bucks, that becomes a title game for the NFC South. New Orleans can still get in with a loss with some help. Steelers Ravens. Steelers are in with a win and a loss from either the Jaguars or the Bills. Texans Colts is a playoff game. Winner in, loser out. And lastly, the game that we're going to start today's show with, the Bills and the Dolphins. Dread it, Zach. Run from it. No matter what, it seems like the wild card is attached to the Miami Dolphins. At stake in this one is the number two seed for for the winner and a wild card berth or potentially for Buffalo. No playoffs at all. Every, this game means everything here because if you win, for the Dolphins at least, you're hosting in all likelihood the Jaguars or the Steelers, potentially even Buffalo in a rematch. And if you lose, you're on the road in Kansas City. It's you know two worlds that are very different for a Dolphins Super Bowl run. Same deal goes for Buffalo, essentially. Ziggy, what are your first thoughts here when you see Buffalo going to Miami and a lot of injuries for the Dolphins? So I get that there are a lot of injuries for the Dolphins, but both of these teams are teams that have had up and down seasons, right? Both of them have had games where they look like unbeatable juggernauts. I think of when the Dolphins went to Buffalo, Buffalo blew them out. It looked like that Bills team was going to win it all. I think of games like the the Broncos-Dolphins game, right, where you win by 50 in the NFL. Like both of these teams have had their moments where they've looked good, and both of them have had their moments where they've looked horrible. You think of the Dolphins' loss to the Titans – You think of the Bills playing close games against the Chargers and the Patriots, losing to teams like the Jets. So this game is going to be really important because you've got two teams with a huge variance range of outcomes. So if you get that wildcard spot, you probably don't have a shot at the Super Bowl. If you're hosting the playoffs until you have to go to Baltimore, you're like if the Bills win this game, they're going to be the second most favored team in the AFC, probably the same for the Dolphins. So anything could happen in the season. It all comes down to a division matchup between two long-suffering teams. (laughs) Two long-suffering teams, for sure. I went back and watched the first game today, and I remember Zach watching the game with me back in week four, being so pumped up for that game. And you forget the first half was sort of similar to the Dolphins-Ravens, where it was a good game. I mean, Miami was playing with with Buffalo the entire first half. It's 14-14, gets up to 21-14 bills. And then all of a sudden, with just a few minutes left in the half, you have that absurd Stephon Diggs spinning touchdown, avoiding like three tackles from Miami. Immediately a Mostert fumble. Bills get a field goal. You look up, it's 31-14 at halftime. Like, game over. What are you going to do about it? Just like Baltimore went on that late second quarter run against Miami, a game that felt within reach and where Miami seemed to be on the same playing field as a Super Bowl contender, all of a sudden slips away here. And that seems to be a problem with Miami in these big road games. Now, emphasizing road, because I know when you're at home, you're a different animal, Zach. But in these road games, all of a sudden, one thing will slip up. And next thing you know, Tua starts to look a little rattled. He gets sacked. He throws an interception. It all comes crumbling down at once in all three phases of the game for Miami. You're hoping at home that that could be a different story. When I look over at Buffalo right now, everyone's talking about the four wins in a row, Ziggy. But to me, they haven't been as impressive as they were three weeks ago when they were, or a couple, a few weeks before that when they were even losing to Philly or beating the Chiefs. The past couple of weeks have been a struggle for the Bills on offense. Yeah, I mean, you talk about four wins in a row, and that's great. But, I mean, playing close games against the Chargers and the Patriots, needing the defense to bail you out against Bailey Zappi and Easton Stick. Yeah, right. Things just haven't quite looked right for the offense. And again, like Josh Allen, the way he plays football and the way he's played these games, when it's really come down to it, when they've needed a score, he's been able to go down the field. But it's got to be worrying when you see a team that two weeks in a row opens as double-digit favorites and has to play really close games against the worst team in the leagues. Right. This is why I say this Bills team has so much variance. When they're on, I can absolutely see them going on to Miami and routing the Dolphins at home. But if they're off and they they don't play a complete game, the Dolphins are not the Patriots. Right. You can count on this offense to score a lot of points. You need to be able to do something throughout the game. Yeah, the past few weeks it's been more on the defense. They haven't allowed twenty two point over twenty two points during that four game winning streak. 
but they've been the star of the show. It has not been Josh Allen in the offense. Stephon Diggs has basically disappeared. I've been on the Buffalo side of this the entire the entirety of the second half of the season as we've talked about the Bills going on this playoff run. But the more I look into this, I actually am starting to lean towards Miami. It's the, the one thing that's getting to me are the injuries to Mostert, Achan, Armstead, Waddle, you know, Bradley Chubb's now out. You have Howard out. Jalen Phillips has been out for a, for a while. That's where I'm concerned. I wanted to ask you, Zach, since you're the Dolphins fan, and you always speak about Josh Allen being a superhero, basically Superman versus the Miami Dolphins. Are you what's what's your nervous level at going into you know essentially a, a game? That could determine your Super Bowl fate. Um, I'm always really nervous because for some reason the Bills just just know how to play us. They always know how to play us, no matter what we do. No, they Josh Allen against Mike McDaniel's three and one, three hundred forty four yards per game, thirteen to two touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, they just they've had our a different animal. They, they'll, <laughs> they'll suck against every team, and they circle two games every year, and it's the Bills versus the Dolphins at home. And Bills versus the Dolphins away, and they circle those every year. You're most worried about the defense. Who's you? You got the D- Dolphins' defense versus uh, the Bills' offense. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We're I mean we're we're scrapping people now. We're, <laughs> we're, we're taking scraps. Yeah, I I think your offense will be okay. Actually, I went back and in that first matchup, the Bills' offense was unstoppable. They did literally whatever they wanted, and that was with all those guys healthy. I, still, I don't know why. I, I just. I don't expect Tua to make the big mistake in this game. Maybe maybe that's wrong because uh, he always does in these massive matchups, it seems. Our offensive line has been crumbling. So is it dumb Probably. to be leaning Miami right now? Probably. I mean... Oh, from the See, I just I don't I don't I don't I don't th- I I just I don't think so. I get that this Dolphins team has looked bad, but they've looked so different at home. It's really hard for me to say that this is going to be the week when the Dolphins at home completely fall apart. And Buffalo is so much... The Buffalo home field advantage, you know, the Baltimore home field advantage, the places where you've got blown out, those are really good home field teams as well. It's not like you, you went into LA and got blown out by the Rams with a pro Dolphins crowd. Like These are tough environments to go into. Philadelphia, too. Your road games this year have been difficult. I, I, I'm starting to like Miami. I don't think they'll implode in this one. I'd be really surprised if you got blown out. I can see a Buffalo win, but this will not be a repeat of Baltimore last week. If Tua gets sacked once, we implode. It, does, I, it doesn't seem yeah. like he like something something goes off in his head after he makes that first mistake, and all of a sudden yeah. he just loses it. After he makes either... I don't even know if it's the first mistake. The minute he gets sacked, it's over. Game's over. He like <laughs> He just loses it. I don't know what happens. But so far, like I, we did it either. You you brought the stat, I think earlier this season. Like when he gets sacked, oh, like three times when he sacked yeah, three times, I think. It, yes, we just implode, like it's a complete implosion. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Miami in this one. I'm not oh, comfortably. I'm this Miami is just going too. with a gut thing. Ziggy, are you sticking with the Bills? I just the Dolphins are seven at one at home. They've looked so good at home. All of their bad luck was burned when Tyreek Hill's house burned down. I firmly believe that this Dolphins team is going to get it together and win the division. Even though you, I thought you've been on the Bills the entirety. Did, did something switch? No, no. What have I been in on? I have been in on the Bills and Dolphins are going to play for the division in Week 18. I have been beating that drum for two months. I didn't say what the outcome was going to be. <laughs> okay, I said fair. that was going to be the game. If this were in Buffalo, Bills by a million. Oh, I just, I think this, I really think this Dolphins team is good. And if they implode and don't look prepared, then I'm going to be very worried about the future of this team. But they've looked good too many times for me to not pick them here. It's, yeah, this, this has to be the time. It has to be the time, Zach. This is the year. This is the year. Hopefully. Okay, let's go on to the Bears and the Packers. The Packers, the stakes, they win and they're in the playoffs. Somehow Green Bay is hosting. Essentially, a win and end game. And um, it's crazy, but <laughs> they can even lose. They then need the Vikings, Saints, and the Seahawks to all lose as well for the Packers to get into the playoffs. But here we are. Same deal as last year. We all remember the Sunday night football game. Detroit comes in with nothing to play for. And Dan Campbell's group looked like they wanted it more than Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, and the Packers. 
uh, in the 2016 Detroit win, which ultimately wound up being Rodgers' last game as a Packer. It was a, a shocking display from, uh, from Green Bay in a game that meant everything to them and nothing to Detroit. And the Packers remember that. Jordan Love's brought it up. Aaron Jones has brought it up. Matt LaFleur's talked about it. They all know that they can't let this one slip away, too. You're, you're only given so many opportunities at home to go to the playoffs and against the Bears, who they own. Would you be comfortable as a Packers fan going into this? Because the Bears are playing well. This team just has such a different feeling from the Packers team of last year. Oh, right? Last year, if I had to pick a single word to describe the Packers, it would be malaise. Right. It felt like everyone was just kind of done. They were in this weird transitory period. Rodgers was clearly out. It didn't seem like anyone really wanted to be there. This year, it's an entirely different situation. Yeah. People are energized. The team's young. All sorts of players who you wouldn't have expected to contribute have played big. I can't say for sure whether the Packers are going to win this game. We'll talk a little bit more about what they need to do to win it. But they will come out motivated and ready to play. And let's not forget, Matt Wilford is, what, 9-0 and against the Bears? Yeah, they. I mean, they own. I don't them. think they own them. Yeah. You you can't tell me that they're going to come in and get rolled by the Chicago Bears in a must-win playoff game. No, I, you can't expect that. And and I agree with you. Last year, they did kind of feel like they were sleepwalking their way to a playoff berth. Everyone sort of just expected them to get there because they had Aaron Rodgers on the team. While this year, the Packers are are chasing this. Like the, you can tell that this is a team that wants to get into the playoffs and thinks that. They could even make noise when they get there. It's a completely different feeling to the team. And if you could replicate any game of the season for Green Bay, you know one of the first ones that would pop into Packers fans' heads would be the week one performance in Soldier Field where they won 38-20. I mean, they absolutely dominated Chicago in that game. Jordan Love, I mean, I remember recording the first time and I was going, holy crap, Like, I can't believe that we might be dealing with this for a third time in a row. He was awesome 245 yards three touchdowns the defense was everywhere they had four sacks a pick six fumbles like that's the team you want to show up if you're a Packer fan in the this week 18 matchup um, but what I'm most excited to watch is Jordan Love's arguably the hottest quarterback in the league right now and the Bears defense has really come on you know they might be the hottest defense in the league right now despite not having anything to play for since week 11 the Bears are number one in opponent pass rating at 61.5. Haven't allowed more than 20 points in the last five games. Like This is a Chicago team that is believing in Justin Fields and has come together against all odds from where they were just you know a couple months back. Like I can't wait for that matchup of the hottest quarterback, hottest defense. Are you leaning one way or another and what you're expecting to happen there? I think that the Bears have played pretty well and the defense is good, but I do not trust this Bears offense at all. Mm-hmm. While there's six and one in games and fields doesn't throw an interception, he throws interceptions. While they generally are a pretty good job and they can protect the quarterback, Fields takes a lot of sacks. And the fact is, if you've got a good defense versus a good offense, I don't think that this Bears defense is going to be able to contain Jordan Love forever. We've seen this Packers offense have enough explosions We've seen them get so much out of so little. It's difficult for me to see the Packers not winning this game and keeping the tradition going. I just feel like everything is working for Green Bay right now. And how many times have we said this, Paul? The Packers are a blue sky franchise. When they need things to go right for them, things go right for them. So if they lose this game, expect every other team they need to lose to lose. But I don't think they're going to have any trouble winning this one. Yeah, the Bears over that five-game stretch, I said, they forced 13 interceptions, 14 total takeaways. Jordan Love has been phenomenal the past seven weeks, not turning the ball over, only one interception. Uh, So that's another category where you're hoping if Jordan Love can just be safe, which he has been, you're in good shape to put up some points. And that Bears offense, while they've been better, it's just, do you trust the Packer defense in this? I, I know they just destroyed the Vikings but Justin Fields as up and down as he can be I'd much rather have him than Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall in a game like this Bears offense is probably more threatening than what the Vikings put forth the other night I think this is how it's going to be Jordan Love is going to need to play lights out but the question isn't going to be which team forces more mistakes the question is going to be which team makes the first mistake Mm -hmm. and if you have to ask me is it going to be Justin Fields making the first mistake 
or Jordan Love making the first mistake. I mean, you saw this in that Dolphins-Ravens game last week, right? Like, once you make that one mistake, things can get out of control very, very quickly if you've got a good offense and yep. just a functional defense. I think Justin Fields makes the first mistake and the Packers ride the momentum to a win. And did you maybe, maybe I've just been abused, right? Like, maybe this is just, like, trauma speaking to dude, me. Dude, yeah, I mean, it's it's insane to me that the Packers have this game to begin with, but let alone, you know, having it at home against the Bears who they just consistently beat the crap out of. I mean, worse than the Vikings, worse than the Lions. Did you see the uh, the stats that came out about how Jordan loved this year? 3,843 passing yards and 30 pass touchdowns. It would be the record holder for the 104-year history wow. of it's, the Chicago it's Bears. It's almost like Ziggy said that last show, and you don't listen to Ziggy. That's crazy. Well, what do you mean? I, That's crazy. Ziggy, you see this? I said it last show. Wow. This is already insane. on the air. Unbelievable. Oh, did you see it? Yeah. You know who you saw it from, Paul? <laughs> you saw it from me? I yeah. sent it to you. I'm sorry. I'm going, I'm going through a lot of videos. I'm watching a lot You're, of film today. Oh, Paul, are, you, are you on Hinge during the show? Is no, that I'm what's not, going I'm on not, here? I'm paying, yeah. I'm paying attention. I, I'm sorry. That's on me. I, I guess I guess Ziggy dropped that stat earlier. It's it's still crazy that when you think about the Bears' lack of success at quarterback for 104 years, you've had you know a couple guys here or there show up for a season or two, but no star, and here we are on year 30 of Packer excellence at the position. <laughs> Uh, no, I like Green Bay in this one, too. I don't think, and most Packer fans have also said this, It's I don't think it'll be a cakewalk. I do expect Fields, someone to fumble, throw an interception at some point, and that's, yeah, like you said, that's where the game will turn. But, you know, the Bears will want this. And, they, they like, Fields is playing for his job right now, at, essentially, in Chicago. And last week, he was great against Atlanta. It's one of the best games he's had in a Chicago uniform. You know, he's 0-5 against the Packers. At some point, you got to get one against your rival if you want to stay in Chicago. This is an opportunity for Justin Fields. It's an opportunity for the Bears to end a pretty crappy season by winning what would be five out of six, I believe. And you go in with the number one pick, maybe 12 if they win this game. There's a lot to be encouraged by if you win this game as a Bears player, Bears fan. We'll see how the Packers handle it. Like This is, this is a test, and it would be great for Green Bay not rooting for the Packers, but it'd be great for Green Bay to get this win and have some momentum going in. They could even be a six seed in the playoffs. And then you go to Detroit, who you just waxed on Thanksgiving. There's a lot on, on the line for both teams, even though one has a playoff berth and one doesn't. So it, it'll be a lot of fun to watch this one. One more game we'll talk about before we move on to uh, other conversations. The Texans and the Colts, another playoff game. By all means. Who would have seen that coming? Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. Week two, when they, these two teams played, you said, hey, that week 18 matchup in Indy, yeah, that'll be for the playoffs. Winning in, losers out. Uh, that week two game, the Colts won 31-20. Hard to take, have too many takeaways because you know, both these teams have grown in completely different ways. Anthony Richardson started that game, got off to a hot start, and then got hurt. I remember my fantasy team, he had like 18 points in the first Five minutes of the game, I was thought it was going to blow out whoever I was playing. Uh, then he then he leaves with an injury, um, and the, and the Texans, you know, we've just seen them have one of the more unprecedented runs in recent memory in the NFL. C.J. Stroud was great in that game; he, he had like 300 yards or something, two touchdowns. Uh, but Gardner Minshew, I feel like this Colts team has gone under the radar the entire season, and it would feel almost fitting for them to go up against the young upcoming NFL darling Texans and find a way to beat them at home and go to the playoffs, continue to fly under the radar. But I have trouble believing fully in Indianapolis with their up and down performances over the past four weeks. Uh, when you look at the Colts, Ziggy, I know we've been very tech pro Texans on this show, but when you look at the Colts, are you like, are you concerned about Minshew in a big game? Do you trust him? I think you have to be concerned about Minshew in a big game. He gets a lot of love from fans, and I get why. But the fact is, is he is a prototypical backup quarterback. He is capable of playing very well, and there are plenty of games where he does. But he is capable of having games where you look at him and squint and say, is that guy really playing in the NFL? Yeah, he does. And you compare him to someone like C.J. Stroud, who you squint and think, is that guy playing in the NFL? Because he looks like an alien who doesn't belong on the field. It's just a completely different situation. 
You know, this Texans defense has been surprisingly good. They've been able to get to the quarterback when they really need to. The Colts run game hasn't been quite what people expected, despite having a bit of a bounce back when Taylor came. If Minshew wants to win this game, he's going to have to put it on himself and get a lot done on the offense. And I'm just not convinced we're going to see that this week. And the Texans run defense this year is fourth in the NFL at 88.5 yards per game allowed. Derrick Henry really struggled last week. And, and Henry and the Titans have their own issues. But the Texans have had a good run defense. People keep talking about Jonathan Taylor, how he owns Houston. He didn't play in that week two game. He hasn't seen this year's Texans. So it's fun to look back and say, yeah, the Colts are 4-0-1 when Jonathan Taylor plays against Houston. And he's gone for... 158 total yards, two touchdowns, 143 and two touchdowns, 175 and a touchdown. The numbers are crazy, but that's a different Texans team. You can't compare last year's Texans to this year's Texans. So if this game's going to come down to, all right, let's see who can win in the passing attacks, because both these secondaries are just okay, I'm betting on C.J. Stroud every single time, and that's not even close to me. You go back and watch, just watch him last week returning from the concussion, some of the throws that this guy makes every single week are just unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the guy the guy makes Nico Collins and Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz look like number one weapons. Go through the list of the top 10 offenses in the league. You have Miami, San Francisco, Detroit, all of them, loaded weapons. Baltimore, Lamar, very good weapons. Buffalo, Josh Allen, Diggs, Dallas, CD, the Rams, Cooper Cup, the Eagles, loaded. Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. And at 10 is Houston. So all those teams either have loaded weapons or an elite quarterback, and the Texans have C.J. Stroud. That's why they're there. Um, So I'm pushing all my eggs on the Texans train, even though the Colts have somehow found a way to be in this position and very well could go to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised at all. But my my confidence is with Stroud with the superstar, Um, and it sounds like, like you are with me. I mean, look, Paul, it's the Texans on the road in the division. The Texans have won seven straight on the road in the division. They're going to make it eight. And I mean, I will say there's some good news for the Colts, right? Importantly, Quentin Nelson practiced in full today. There was some worry he wouldn't be able to play, especially with Ryan Kelly in a boot looking like he'll be out. That Colts offensive line, if the Colts do want to win this, that's going to be a key. When this team's been good, it's because the offensive line has been good. It's given Minshew time. It's helped the run game. You need difference makers like Quentin Nelson to play if you're the Colts. So the fact that he's coming back gives them some life. As weird as it is to talk about a guard in that way. Paul, you and I know from our Notre Dame days. He's one of those difference makers. Dude, I I remember when we were freshmen looking up the Jumbotron, they had a graphic of Quentin Nelson. I think he set some sort of ND record, and he was just flexing, and, and my jaw hit the floor. I've never seen a human being that big. We used to have guys who watched video on Quentin Nelson, you know, our friend Max Hammersmith, who used to do the show with us back at, at yeah. school, and he said when the, when they watched film on Quentin Nelson, everyone in the room just shut up and enjoyed what they were watching because this guy is, he's different. He is a different animal. Um, there are NFL players, and then you said there are aliens. He's an alien. And it, th- that Houston defense, we saw what they did to Tennessee last week. They were all over Ryan Tannehill and Will Levis when he was in. Yeah, the Colts' offensive line is a huge role in this one. Again, we talked about how good the Texans' run defense has been. The Colts' offensive line plays a pivotal role in this. Zach, did you have Michael Pittman on your fantasy team this year? In your uncle's league. Yeah. In one league? Yeah. He's a, he's quietly, I saw some stuff today about how good of a season he's having. Yeah. Like, I don't know. What, what would you, Did you start him most of the time? Mm. I'm trying to remember. Did he get he should have. He had like 1,100 yards. He had a great year. Yeah, he, he had a great year. I might have been starting him. I know it was Jacobs. Towards the end of the year, I didn't start him as much. because who? I remember. Who, oh, Sutton started going off. So yeah. I could yeah. Sutton over it. It's just funny, though, because Michael Pittman was kind of like the entire Colts team to me a little bit, where I, know, I knew he was playing well, but I didn't realize how good of a season he was having. And that's kind of the whole Colts team. You look back, you go, wow, like, yeah, they're they're nine and seven playing for double digit wins in a year where Gardner Minshew started almost the entire season. Yeah. So and they really feed impressive. off this, right? Don't don't the Colts absolutely love that they're nine and seven playing for a playoff spot and no one is giving them any respect. Everyone no one is. and we're guilty of this too. Everyone's fawning over CJ Stroud and the Texans offense and talking about how great that's gonna be, and maybe it is. 
But when it comes to playing a must-win game at home for the playoffs, you can't count the Colts out, even though I really want to. No way. The past four weeks, though, they got blown out by the Bengals, blown out by the Falcons, and then blew out the Steelers and just beat the Raiders last week. So, you know, you're not sure who you're going to get, and that's why I look at quarterback as the first thing most people look at. Stroud, yeah, we'll take that. So question. Yeah. Do you think we're the Colts are in the same position with Anthony Richardson? If they, oh, if Richardson had been healthy? Had been healthy this whole time. Do you think we're still in the same conversation? Yeah, I think, I think Richardson would have gotten very good by the end of this year. It's just so hard to say hard to how predict. he would have developed. This is one thing about this season that I think is a little unfortunate for the Colts is that the Texans had the season the Colts wanted to have mm-hmm. where your quarterback comes in, starts out a little rough, and then grows very quickly into an elite playmaker. The Colts don't know what Richardson would have been. But based on what we saw in those first few games, I know the offense would have looked totally different. But the man was – he looked like Cam Newton out there for a minute. <laughs> yeah, uh, It's I, so yeah. hard for me not to count say that they would have done well with him as opposed to Gardner Minshew, who's been up and down. I would have expected Richardson to play – Closer to Stroud than Bryce Young. Now, he probably wouldn't, you know, Stroud's been one of the best rookies of recent memory. I don't know if we would have got that. It's hard to predict that. But I would be more confident in Anthony Richardson playing like an above average quarterback than making the mistakes that we've seen from in Carolina this year from Bryce. Uh, but it's a fun question to think about. Next year is going to be like Indianapolis is a team to circle next year. That, that division is going to be fun to watch for a long time with the young quarterbacks there. Okay, let's move on. A couple more things on the show today here. The Browns. We talked about them finally for the first time last last show. And uh, we'd wanted to talk about them earlier, but they had that Thursday night game with the Jets, and it just made for weird timing. I saw this question popping up a few times on, uh, on different shows and social media lately. But are the Cleveland Browns the biggest threat to the Ravens in the AFC? And at first, you might sit back and go, well, of course not. You know, there's, there's some star-stud quarterbacks in the AFC. But then you really start to look into it and look at these matchups. Uh, you know, Baltimore's defense, phenomenal. Cleveland's defense, phenomenal. Joe Flacco, what he's done, has been crazy in Cleveland over the past five weeks when we thought you know, he, his NFL career had been written off. Um, so I went back and watched the, both the games, the Browns games and the Ravens games. And it's hard to pull out too much from them because you had DTR playing in the first one, and you had uh, Deshaun Watson playing in the second one. Uh, But one thing you could notice in each game was the Browns have the ability to make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable, like few teams have this year. They can force him into mistakes. They had the big comeback in the second game. Um, And a lot of times, these games got away from them early with the Kyle Hamilton interception. They muffed the punt. DTR had a bunch of picks. So I think that these teams are a little bit closer than many people would expect when you look at the Cleveland versus Baltimore matchup, Ziggy, uh, do you think that Baltimore is by far and away the better team like a lot of people seem to do? I think Baltimore is far and away the better team, but that's not the question you asked. The question you asked was, are the Browns the biggest threat? And I'll say this, the resilience that Browns have shown this year is incredible. No team has started five or more quarterbacks since 1999. And the Browns not only did that, they did that and made the playoffs. The fact is this team has nothing to lose and they know it. You can see it with how they play out there. A lot of teams that the Ravens are going to face in this postseason, I think, are going to go to Baltimore and be intimidated. Playing there is tough. The Ravens have the almost certainly have the MVP. They've got a fearsome defense. There's so much to be afraid of. But this Browns team just isn't going to be. They've got the offensive line that can handle the Ravens' pass rush. They've got a quarterback who knows what it's like to win in Baltimore. That sounds really silly, but just having a lot of good memories on that field, I think, actually makes a difference. You compare it to some other quarterbacks. Like if the Dolphins have to go to Miami, you know they're going to be thinking something very different. This team's amped up. They're ready to play. They've got a surprising amount of talent. They weirdly get to rest their starters for a week. Well, are they the biggest threat? I don't think so. I think the biggest threat is probably the Buffalo Bills. But I think they've got to be the second or third scariest team. I wouldn't want to face them if I were Baltimore. I'm hoping someone else knocks them out. Yeah, I imagine this situation as if I'm a Ravens fan. What do I want to see? Buffalo, like Cleveland, Cleveland versus Buffalo. I actually think 
you'd rather not see Cleveland basically everywhere except the quarterback position. And even though Flacco's been awesome, I would expect to be able to make more mistakes from Joe Flacco than Josh Allen. You just you never know if Allen gets hot. That Bills team is is a juggernaut in their own right. So I I probably put Buffalo ahead of them as a team I would fear. Then Kansas City's tough. I, I don't know if I would ever want to face Patrick Mahomes. I'm not scared of Kansas City. I know people I'm just are. Not. I, I know they're not, but I would put Kansas City ahead of Cleveland as well because if given the opportunity, I would rather avoid Patrick Mahomes. Then I slot Cleveland in their three, and that's very close between all three of those teams. Um, but Joe Flacco, you know, that's the difference there is do I trust Joe Flacco? Mostly. I mean, you know, I'd, rather, I'd just rather face Flacco than Allen or Mahomes. But when you look at what Flacco's done here, in the 11 games before Flacco, the Browns scored 30 points or more two times, or over 30 points two times. And in his five games, in which they're 4-1, and one, they've done that three times. So you're looking at an offense which has found new life. He has 13 passing touchdowns over the, those uh, five weeks. That's the most in the NFL. It's more than the Jets have had all season. It's more than the, the Browns had in the previous games without Flacco combined. He's rejuvenated this offense despite missing Nick Chubb, despite missing Amari Cooper for some weeks. Uh, at the same time, though, he has the most interceptions in the league at eight over those five games. So you get a lot of explosion from Joe Flacco, but you also get a lot of risk with that reward. And that's where I think Baltimore would probably win that game. But, you know, I don't want to see the Cleveland defense. So I, I would put Chiefs, Bills, then, or Brown, Bills, Chiefs, then the Browns. Here's the one thing, at least, that the Browns oh, do have going Zach's for them. Mad. Zach's mad. Zach wants the Dolphins. He's mad because we didn't put the... Yeah. <laughs> you, you discount the Dolphins like that below the Chiefs is ridiculous. But here's the thing. The Browns have a defense such that if Joe Flacco makes a couple of mistakes, they can recover. And you'd much rather have a quarterback like Flacco who's going to go for the 50-50 ball. And when it works, he's going to get you a touchdown. And when it doesn't work, he's going to get you an interception. Then some of the other quarterbacks they've tried it out where they're not making a ton of mistakes, but their stat line looks something like six for 13, 90 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. You just need a quarterback that's willing to take the risk. And Flacco's filled that role for them well. So as long as they've got that, I think they've got a chance. And if you were to compare the two games that they previously played this year, with Joe Flacco, I'd compare them more to that Deshaun Watson game than DTR. Flacco while he's made some mistakes, has been really good. And DTR, you knew they didn't really have a chance in that game. The Browns offense, go back and watch it. They can't move the ball the entire game. There's just He was helpless. And you feel bad. It's a rookie in an early season game against the, one of the best defenses in football. Deshaun Watson, they were moving the ball up and down the field. They just, you know, they were struggling to get in the end zone at times. So Joe Flacco, with the way he's played at quarterback, I think he can move the ball on Baltimore. I don't think they'll get shut out or anything. And, and what, with what the Ravens have done to people at home this year, contenders, or really just contenders in general, you know, blew out the Jaguars, blew out the Dolphins, blew out the Niners, blew out the Lions. The Browns are one of the few teams that who's a contender who's stuck with them this season in a game. And uh, that's why I think that if, if they played, Baltimore fans would be confident. But in the back of their minds, they'd be going, eh, you know, we're a couple mistakes away from potentially you know being shut down here. So... This is yeah, yeah. I I would, I would just rather not face Allen and Mahomes. That's, that's you know you never want to play a divisional rival in the playoffs. Not like AFC that. North because no the the AFC North divisional rivals. You know after the game, um, the Seahawks was it the Seahawks? No, it was the 49ers and the Cardinals. Like their social media teams, the Cardinals are like, "We love you, San Francisco. We got you the one seed." And the 49ers like sent them a little fist bump back. In the AFC North, they would consider losing a game. Just to deny their rival. Yeah, that doesn't happen the in the seat. AFC North. And I know that the Ravens blew out the Browns at home in that really weird game, but these AFC North games, you all every single time the teams find a way to make it close and something ridiculous happens that decides the game, you do not want that energy in the playoffs. That would be a dog fight. Miles Garrett would, would be a, a freak in that game. <laughs> coming off the edge. I hope we get it so fire. bad. Oh, that'd be so fun. The Flacco, if Jack were here, he'd be talking about the Flacco revenge tour. That that would be a lot of fun. And, and if Cleveland found a way to win that and went to the AFC, it's, it's going to be a great AFC playoffs. For as weird as this season has been and up and down for uh, so many teams have had up and down seasons, 
at the end of the day, the, the talent level that's in that playoff field is off the charts still. I, I can't wait to watch it. In the Packers-Vikings reaction show, Ziggy, I said that Jordan Love, we were talking about how good he's been this second half of the season, and I said, you know, he's definitely not top 10 quarterback, but he's certainly established himself as a top 16, top half of the league quarterback. And I went home, you know, we put up that show. It did really well. I'm reading the comments, and someone commented, no, he's definitely been top 10. And I sat back and started to think. I was like, Oh, all right, maybe maybe he has been. <laughs> and, and I'm driving my car earlier today, and for the first time ever with Jordan Love so far, I started thinking about some of the numbers that he's been putting up lately and the way he's looked in some really big games. And I promise you, it was the first time that all of a sudden I felt a wave come over me, and I went like, oh, no. Like, like this could happen again. And it's the first time I've truly ever believed that it could happen. You know, we've we've talked a lot about the Packers on this show. And a lot of Packers fans have been joking around about you know, me and you being closet Packer fans. Um, and we've said how maybe he could take the level to a superstar quarterback if given the right weapons and stuff. But this was the first time where I went, wait a second, like th- this could actually happen. And when you look at Jordan Love, the way he's played the second half of the season, I saw a graphic today. Passing touchdowns, second half of the, where he ranks in the league. Passing touchdowns, 18, first in the NFL. Total touchdowns, 20, tied first in the NFL. Passing yards, 2,238, tied first in the NFL. Completions, 183, third in the NFL. It has been, he has been on an absolute tear. And I, you heard me just now reading over these numbers. I went, oh my God, I hate this. This is just horrible because now... We're not just gassing up Packer fans. I'm scared that actually this dude is going to be <laughs> a legit star next season. Um, when you look at Jordan Love right now, 16 touchdowns, one interception, last seven seven games. NFC Offensive Player of the Week, destroying our Vikings. Do you do you think like while I'm not statistically he's been top ten? If you were going into a a, a winner go home game tomorrow, you're building a team. Would Jordan Love crack your top 10 current playing quarterbacks? I think he would. And before we get into who exactly I'm putting him over, I think I got to say something about why. Jordan Love, I'm assuming we're just talking sort of how he's been the second half of the season. Because the first half of the season, there's a lot of figuring stuff out. But you look at what Jordan Love has done, and you look at who he's done it with, and it's unbelievable because it's not a – it's not a Brock Purdy situation where he's got a bunch of all pros, right? The leading receiver on this team is Jaden Reed. You know, Romeo Dobbs, Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave. I mean, those aren't terrible players, Bo right? And I know Milton. Packers fans are excited. <laughs> yeah, but Bo Melton's coming off a practice squad and going for a century and a touchdown. Like Jordan Love, obviously these players have contributed something. I don't want to take too much away from them. But Jordan Love has elevated the entire offense around him. These players on their own would not be producing very much. And you look at how he's distributed too. Nobody's got over 681 yards. That's the leading receiver. You look at the rushing game, it's been inconsistent. You look at the offensive line, the star left tackle has been out and they've been cycling through guys left and right. Like Jordan Love has just done so much with minimal support around, it's difficult for me not to elevate him even more when the numbers are already, as you said, very, very good. So then you start thinking about, well, like what quarterbacks am I going to take over Jordan Love in a must-win situation? Yeah. And I don't know. Are you good to like, what, let's run through a few quarterbacks and just see. I, I wonder wanna, if we're going to. Yeah, I want to hear your list here because at, at first thought when bringing up the question, I say, there's no way he'd be in my top 10 guys to win a game, despite the numbers, because the numbers are top 10 easily. But the first thought is probably wouldn't happen. So I'm curious to see where you come down on the quarterbacks you take over. So you got a must-win game. We're not talking about a single drive here over the course of a game. Obviously, Lamar. Yep, I have him. Obviously, Prescott. Yep. Obviously, Stafford. Stafford, yes. Obviously, Mahomes. Mahomes. And obviously, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. I think those are the absolute no-brainers. Okay. Then I'm probably going to include Brock Purdy. I've liked how he's looked. He's and I'm probably going to include Tua, too. Those guys, I get their worries. Are they system quarterbacks? How much is going on around them? But they've both looked very, very good. 
I have them. I, th- I do think that those are closer. You you can actually make an argument for love on those ones, but I still take Tua and Purdy. Yeah, too. those guys are those guys. I think it's not obvious. All right, so right now, I'll be honest. Seven quarterbacks. Yeah. There is nobody else in the league in a must-win game. I am taking really? over Jordan Love. He comes in at number now, eight for you on that list. Now, if you guys barely miss the cut, and some folks are going to be angry. C.J. Stroud fans are going to be angry. Jared Goff fans are going to be angry. Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence fans are going to be angry. But the fact is, when you look at the body of work this season, and Jordan loves a tricky evaluation because you don't have tons of evidence you can go back to, despite how long he's been in the league. But when you look at the body of evidence this season, I think Jordan Love has outplayed just about all those players. And the way he's outplayed them has left me very confident he's going to be good for the Packers for a long time. Okay, I don't have a big problem with that. I, I have the seven guys that we listed. Mahomes, Allen, Tua, Lamar, Dak, Purdy, Stafford. I would take C.J. Stroud. That would be eight. At nine, I, I'm taking, and this isn't in any order, but the ninth guy, I, I would take Jalen Hurts. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, maybe he gets a little more hype than actual production on the field at times, but I would still take Trevor Lawrence. He would be my 10th guy, so he wouldn't make my top 10 there. Uh, there are two guys now who I think you can kind of weigh in. There's really no one else I'd consider of active quarterbacks. Um, I would take Kyler Murray in one game. I I do think that with the way he's looked over the past few weeks, he's back to that superstar level. Uh, It's just not a very talented Cardinals team. So I take Kyler as the 11th guy. And then the the person I'd really debate, and I could flip either way, is Jared Goff, who you mentioned. In a must-win game, I'm probably taking Goff right now. And I know a lot of Packers fans are going to be mad about some of these selections here, but I, I, you know, Goff's been to a Super Bowl before. Um, Goff has helped this Lions rejuvenation here. Um, I'm, I'm, I trust him a little bit more for one game than Love at this current stay in time, uh, even though Love's numbers and you know he just beat the crap out of him on Thanksgiving. Um, but I got those twelve guys who I would take, and then I'd have Love at thirteen, which is actually still you know higher than I expected him to be. It's better than I thought. Yeah, it's better than I thought he'd be going into the season. I've just been so impressed (laughs) with the last seven game stretch. I mean, as you said, the numbers, he's the only quarterback in the league to throw for over 1800 yards, 16 or more touchdowns, one or fewer interceptions, completion percentage of 68% or higher. You know who the last quarterback to put those numbers up over a seven game stretch was? Who? Aaron Rodgers, 2021. (laughs) Yeah, of course. His MVP season. Of course. Yeah, Packers fans are spoiled, right? But I don't know. Jordan Love has just looked good with very little. And it's weird. You you said this at the beginning, but he hasn't been getting any media attention for this. Nothing. So much fawning over him over the beginning of the season. You'd think there'd be some people saying closet MVP or offensive player of the year, or at least just this guy beating the drum for a quarterback. On the, then you see guys in the media, I'm not going to name any names here, saying that Justin Fields is a higher tier quarterback than Jordan Love. Can't you know what Justin right Fields now. has done over the past seven games, Paul? Re- hit, Five hit, hit touchdowns, me. three interceptions, 1,200 yards. Jordan Love has taken a sack on 4% of his plays. Fields taken it on seven. Fields has been a net negative on EPA and passing. Jordan Love has been one of the highest in the entire league, behind only Lamar and Josh Allen. Like Jordan Love has played and captained one of the better offenses in the NFL yeah. with very little around him. I just don't understand why it seems like people refuse to recognize him as the very good quarterback he's played as. Oh, I mean, of all 12 of the quarterbacks that I listed, the Packer weapons would probably only be above Arizona and Kansas City, Kansas City, and then maybe the Texans. You know, I, you know, you might take Nico Collins and Noah Brown over what the Packers have. Eh, probably not, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's been crazy. Another, just a couple other fun stats here because you, you know we're, we've been doing these deep dives in the Packers research, trying to get ready for these shows here. They're uh, of quarterbacks to have three plus passing touchdowns and zero interceptions over their first seventeen career starts. There's a four way tie. For a player who has done it five times, those quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Dan Marino, Brock Purdy, and Jordan Love. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then Love's three no. highest passer ratings this season at Detroit, 125.5, at Minnesota, 
125.3. At Chicago, 123.2. So, so nothing's changing. The King Packers the just still own the division. Because <laughs> you didn't even... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I respect the hustle, right? And I've got no ill will towards Packers fans over this, but come on. No, we were joking at the joke. beginning of the season. It, it, Wouldn't it be funny if the Packers get another Hall of Fame quarterback? And I... Lots can happen. And I'm oh, not I got a text today. The way I, the, I got a text yeah. today from Packer, from uh, our family and friends who I mentioned in our full episode. And it said, hey, hope you're ready for another 15 years. I was like, wow, uh, I might actually have to be. <laughs> oh, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Okay, That's okay, very okay, early. Okay, I'm not, okay, I'm not okay, saying okay, anything's going to happen. But, but Paul, look at the names you just listed. Set aside Brock Purdy, like Dan Marino, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, we're already talking about him being one of the better quarterbacks in the league his first year as a starter, and he's proved it. The numbers Again, as I said, yeah. You just There's a lot that can um, change. You just mentioned the second half. Well, we talked about the second half of the year numbers, and you're right. If he had had a better start to the season, or I'd say second quarter of the season, then you could be looking at an MVP candidate, which is insane given what's what that team has to work with at the moment, even though the very good weapons, just no alpha player, in my opinion, on the offense from the weapon standpoint, it's uh yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy season for Jordan love. But overall, when you look at this, to sum this up here, I would say the numbers absolutely top 10 for him. Yeah. Borderline best player or borderline MVP of the second half of the season, which no one has talked about. And then, uh, if you're going to pick a quarterback to win a game, he's just on the fringe of top 10 for me, but you have him at eight. So that's a uh, huge, huge win for Packers fans. Well, and I'll say this, fairly or not, Jordan Love is going to be judged on the basis of what he does against the Bears in a must-win, enter-the-playoffs kind of game. I honestly think, again, you never know what will happen, but I honestly think he's going to rise to the challenge. And if he does, Paul, say Jordan Love comes in, like the Bears go into – Lambo and Jordan Love absolutely rocks the Bears. And what is in fact a must-win game? Is that going to change your opinion on him at all? As uh, in terms of putting him in the top 10? Yeah. I can see him look, probably one game wouldn't, but I can see him jumping over Kyler and Goff in that regard. I don't think any of the other guy, maybe Purdy Purdy's weird to me. I still don't really know how to judge. I, I, you can't evaluate him. He's just played so well. Yeah, he. I mean, he's either he's been flawless in what twelve of the games, and then horrendous in four of them. So I, I'd still put Purdy over Love. But yeah, no, I, I, there's definitely room for Jordan Love to crack that top ten. Um, I'm I'm excited to see where we rank him heading into next season when you have some more superstars coming back. Uh, I still tend to say that thirteen to sixteen range is where he's going to fall into. But we're getting the cue to wrap it up here. We just can't stop talking about the Packers, can we? we <laughs> it's the only way I know That's how to horrible. deal with the pain, Paul. Yeah, maybe maybe this is like therapy for us. Because I was on that car ride, I did actually look like I went, damn it. We actually this this could be happening. So we'll see what happens. Um big game this weekend though for Packers fans. Big, big game. Who would have thought it would it would come down to this, but here we are. So all right, let's finish up the show here with some game picks. Uh, we'll we'll wrap these up, Zach. I wish we had a camera for you here, but we don't. So we're just gonna run the music and let's do this. The uh, best part of the week, Saturday games. We got two of them here: the Steelers at the Ravens, Pittsburgh, a three and a half point favorite. Baltimore resting a lot of guys. I don't care how many people Baltimore rests. The Baltimore has the better coaching. They've got the better players. Pittsburgh doesn't have an offense. I think the Ravens are going to exact revenge on a division rival here. Keep them out of the playoffs. Wow. Um, because Jack's not here, I'll take the Steelers. Take the Steelers for him. I like Tyler Huntley. I think he's a really good backup quarterback. Ravens went on a playoff run or run to the playoffs without him. I'm going to go Baltimore too. Can't believe I'm doing that, but I'm going to go Baltimore at home. I mean, how much would they love to keep Pittsburgh out? <laughs> but that's the thing is, yeah. even though it's backups playing, they are going to be motivated to win this game. The fans will be into it. That's a tough environment no matter what. The Texans, one and a half point favorites at the Colts, as we said earlier. This is a playoff game. This line strikes me as fishy. And whenever I see a fishy line, I go the opposite way of my instincts. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. Colts forged. Oh, okay. All right. Wow, Zach. Give me the Stroud. 
the Stroud. He's always on Stroud. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I have to take the Texans in this one. If I'm I'm looking at a playoff game, I, I go a lot of times with the better quarterback here. I got the Texans. The Falcons at the Saints. The Saints are a three-point favorite. I don't want to pick this game. I hate both these teams. Give me the Saints, I guess. I don't Yep, Saints. I had the Saints, too. Falcons, when they don't show up, they are horrible. Until Arthur Smith is gone, that team is going to be absolutely Yeah, they look. It's not like Dennis Allen is the second coming either. But I, <laughs> I, I'm i going to go with the Saints as well. The Browns at the Bengals. Uh, Joe Flacco's resting for this one. The Bengals are seven-point favorites. This is another tough one to pick. I never know what to do in these backup games. But give me the Bengals this time. Um, Yeah, give me the Bengals. In a game that doesn't matter here, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals, but I don't think they cover the seven. I think that's a little high. The Jaguars are five-and-a-half-point favorites at the Titans. Big game. Jacksonville wins. They clinch the AFC South. Jaguars are motivated to win. Jaguars are a much better team. I know we've seen ups and we've seen downs from the offense, but this Titans team is bad. Give me the Jaguars. Um, It's the Titans' fault that we're... Not going to be the number one seed, so give me the Jaguars. <laughs> I'm going to go with a the Jaguars, man. too. Yeah, so Zach, Zach has simple reasoning for, for his selections. I, do. I got the Jaguars, too. The Bucks win, and they get the NFC South. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites at the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, as I said, I'm not picking the Panthers the rest of the season. Give me the Bucks. Yep. Give me the Mayfield. Yeah, I'm rolling with Tampa Bay here, too. A bounce-back win for them. The Jets at the Patriots. Patriots, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The Patriots are only one-and-a-half-point favorites at home versus the Jets. Yeah, that's right. The, Jet, the Jets don't win in Foxborough. Give me the Patriots. What do you call not playing either? I don't right? care. Zach Wilson? He's not even playing, is it, right? Uh, it's Simeon, right? Yeah, I don't even think he's playing. No, 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 you, you understand. You could take the Liberty <laughs> University football team and give Bill, give Bill Belichick them. At Foxborough, and I'm taking the Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the Patriots. I got New England as well. The Vikings are three-point underdogs at the Lions. Something is Detroit resting people. Did I miss something? Like, there's, there's I'm pretty no sure way. Detroit's resting some people. Are they okay? Because they can still get the two seed. I, I didn't. I didn't look if they were resting. I just assumed they were playing. Because three. Points. No, the 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 Lions said they were resting off because oh, I think the two seed okay, is okay. somewhat of an improbability. Okay. And the fact is, like, you'd rather have guys healthy or hosting playoff games either way. So wait a I second. So if the Vikings win and the Bears beat the Packers, the Cardinals beat the Seahawks, and the, what's the last one? The Saints lose to the Falcons. Vikings are in. Doors open. You got the you got the Vikings, Ziggy? Actually, I take it back. I misread. Dan Campbell said he's not resting anybody. Oh, dream's over. <laughs> okay. Nick Mullins is wait. Nick Mullins is a three-point dog. Uh, something doesn't the seem right there. Yeah, I I'm in the like I said when I take a fish see a fishy line, I'm going the opposite way of my intuition. But I can't do it in this case because the Vikings don't win games. Give me the Lions. Hmm. Give me the Lions. Yeah, I'm gonna say this for everyone listening. I would heavily bet on Detroit minus three if I were not a Viking fan. Assuming I, I do your research and make sure everyone's playing, but I would be heavily invested on Detroit in this game. With that said, I am picking the Vikings because I'm a Vikings fan. Do with that what you may. The Bears at the Packers, Green Bay, a three-point favorite. Win and they're in. Go Pack, go. That's simple. It's keeping this show alive, baby. <laughs> go Packers, go! Yeah, it is. It is keeping us afloat, isn't it? I, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also picking the Packers. I'm, uh, you know, I'll make a deal with Packers fans. If they get to the divisional round of the playoffs, I will show up to this show wearing a Packers jersey. I'll be in Packers gear if they are to get to the divisional round. I can't just say for the playoffs because I've said for a while I expect them to get in. And they probably but if they, if they win a wild card game, that means oh, something. If, oh, if they win a if they go to the divisional round in year one of Jordan Love, I'm wearing Packer gear on the show, and then I'm going home, and I'm pro probably crying a little bit. No, if if they go divisional round, I'm burning the I Love Love shirt. <laughs> the Cowboys are 13 and a half point favorites at the Commanders. Yeah, Cowboys. <laughs> there's there's no question here. 
What do you mean? <sighs> Give me the Cowboys. Zach, Zach likes. I do like these underdogs. He likes Sam there's Howell. A re- there's a reason. Wait, is why Howell playing? Wait, is Howell Sam playing? Howell is leading the league in sacks and interceptions. Is Howell, Howell's playing, right? Yeah. Okay. But um, it, it doesn't matter. I think Cowboys. There's a reason also why my uh, my ratio is terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Seahawks are two and a half point favorites at the Cardinals. Road favorites. I've been impressed with this Cardinals team the past few weeks. I know it looks like they should be coming in for a letdown, but this Seahawks team is bad. Give me Arizona and the K-Dog all day. I went against my judgment last week. You did. You almost took them. And you know what? It bit me in the butt because I was right. I was always right. Give me the Cardinals. I'm telling you. I think you're on to something here. This Cardinals (laughs) team has come on lately, and Kyler Murray... I think he saved his job in Arizona with the way he's played over the past few weeks. He's been awesome. Uh, so I got Arizona winning this one, keeping the Vikings' playoff hopes alive. The Rams at the 49ers, San Francisco, three-and-a-half-point favorites. But they're resting a bunch of people. They're resting a bunch of people, but so the, are the Rams, Rams are starting Carson Wentz. Yes. You're telling me Carson Wentz in the year 2023 is winning in Levi Field? No, give me the 49ers. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Carson Wentz is probably better than any uh, than Sam Darnold. No, he's not. No, I did it. Hold this on. is Hold a on. weird. It's hard to. I, pre- I, I it's was, it's impossible to predict, predict a game like this. Yeah. All right. I'll give the 49ers a go. Yeah, I'll go with the 49ers too. But that, it's, yeah, again, it's just hard to predict these games. Cooper Cup's not playing. McCaffrey's out. We'll see what happens. The Eagles are five and a half point favorites at the Giants. Give me the Giants. I have zero faith in the Eagles, even wow. in a so must-win game. You've given up on that. Yeah, even, even in a must-win game, I think the Giants are going to get this done. Um, Eagles, I don't know what Ziggy's talking about. <laughs> Tyrod's been good when he's played for the Giants this year. Like he's, he, he was solid again last week. They took the Rams to the wire. I got Philadelphia, though. In, in a game they need to have just in case if Dallas slips up, I got Philly. Denver at Hello. the Raiders. Yeah, lone wolf. The Raiders are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I I never Jared Stidham revenge angle. I know it's there, but give me the Raiders. Broncos or Raiders, Zach? Stidham going against his whole team. Mm. Doesn't me, get better than that. Give me the Stidham. All right. All right. We got a Bronco team. pick here. I'm going to go with the Raiders, too. And as Jack would say, Antonio Pierce till he dies. So I'll go Raiders. The Chiefs at the Chargers. Chargers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Kansas City, resting people, they have nothing to play for. Absolutely typical. Uh, the Chiefs have to bench Patrick Mahomes because he's too distracted by Taylor Swift. Um, I can't pick this Chargers team. Again, coaches matter to me. The fact is Andy Reid is going to put some thought into this game plan. That's better than whatever the Chargers are going to cook up. Give me the Chiefs. Um, who is the Chiefs? Bat? Is this still Chad Henney? Is he still on the team? For Kansas City right now? Kansas City, yeah. No. No, he because he retired. It's not Chad Henney. The Chiefs. And I don't even know who the backup is. They're starting oh, they're starting. Um Who are the Chiefs starting? I'm trying who, to figure this out. Well, we have on no oh, Blaine Gabberts. They're starting Blaine Gabberts. Uh, we have no idea who the <laughs> Chiefs are playing. <laughs> Alright, Blaine Gabbert versus Easton Stick. Give me the yeah. stick. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. You want too. the stick, don't you? Uh, yeah, you want whoa, the stick. He wants whoa, the stick. Whoa, 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 easy. I'm, there, I'm going with Gabbard easy and the Chiefs. I, yeah, the Chargers have been horrible. All right, and the Sunday night game, the Bills are three point favorites in Miami. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The Bills will be forced to play for their playoff future. The Stars are going to align. It's going to be the last regular season of game of the year. It will be Bills winning there, the two seed, losing there out. And then it is going to be fins up because the Miami Dolphins are going to finally show they belong and knock the Bills out of the playoffs. Give me the Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. Because <laughs> why would I think about this? It was a little thought there. There was a little thought. I've been on the Buffalo side this entire time. And they're probably the right pick, but you know I'm rooting for the Dolphins for you, Zach. I, I think that they can win this game, 
So I'm going to pick Miami. I'm going to go fins up with you. And we'll hope that Tua doesn't have one of those rattled moments, sacks, turnovers. Not in Miami, right? Not in Miami. Maybe we should go to this. This should be a fun game to go to. Fly out, Ziggy? How long is that flight? Like seven hours? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's right on the way back to Virginia. Yeah, yeah. It's just a little stop. <laughs> okay, so there you have the Week 18 game picks. And from here on out, it's all playoffs. It's, uh, it's a little easier to do the playoff shows. You like enjoying the music there? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I mean, great songs. Great songs. Yeah, a little easier to do these shows when you can really focus in on one game at a time. And uh, you can do reactions to each one, focus on individual teams, as opposed to when you have eight, you know, 30, 32 teams playing each week. It's like, holy crap, what the hell am I looking at here sometimes? But it'll be a lot of fun once the playoffs get going. And there are, as we said, a lot of great storylines. Kind of funny how the teams that we attached ourselves to throughout the season the Packers the Texans they've you know gone on these great runs to the playoffs like maybe maybe it's not a curse I mean this is what's fun about football right is you just you get all these storylines at the beginning of the season you can go back and watch our divisional preview shows to see things never go how you expect some things went how we expected right we all thought the Ravens were going to be pretty good you know we all thought the Dolphins were going to be pretty good Yo, but I, I don't just, know. I don't know if you got. I think all three of you had Baltimore out of the playoffs. Probably. I had the Ravens in the playoffs. I don't know. We'll have to did. go back and watch that. I definitely did not. I know you. I know you did. Well, you guys had the Browns tied, the two of you. And for her, you know, but for completely different reasons from what wound up actually happening, which is pretty funny. But I just mean, you, ne- you never know what's going to happen in the NFL. So it's been fun to see how the season plays out. And it's fun that. More teams than not in this last week have a chance of making the playoffs. There's a whole lot to play for. Yeah, think, just think about where we are with the young quarterbacks because that's sort of what we attached ourselves to this summer. You have Jordan Love and Stroud going on the playoff runs. And then with so many injuries this year, I mean, I'm just, just think off the top of your head. You know, Richardson went down. Cousins went down. Burrow went down. There's uh, Watson went down. Rodgers, you know, we were down here recording when he got hurt. Um, a lot more guys too have been injured this season to have Minshew go on a playoff run. Unbelievable. The Joe Flacco angle. Unbelievable. Stafford coming back from last season. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Just all the different stories this year of who's ascending in the NFL. Of course you have the Eagles, 49ers, you know, Chiefs are still there towards the top, but it's uh yeah, it's been a, just a great, great regular season and uh, should be in store for a great playoff run too. And we'll see what happens Man, if Kirk was healthy, I really think we would have won the North. Really. We would have won the Super Bowl, Paul. We would have won yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, we would have won the Super Bowl, wouldn't we? <laughs> so thanks again for everyone who's been listening throughout the regular season. We'll be back with the Week 18 Reaction Show, and then on to the playoffs. Here we go. Thanks for listening. See you next time.